0: Welcome back or welcome to Grateful and Full of Greatness. I'm your host, Mark Lassini. On this podcast, I sit down with guests who, in my opinion, live their lives with the pursuit of greatness in mind. And this platform allows me to discuss and to explain the strategies that go into reaching peak performance. This is episode number four, my guest, Brody Merrill, arguably the best defenseman currently and to ever play the sport of cross, a man devoted to the constant improvement of his mind, body, and craft and a true professional and champion on and off the field and floor. The world of lacrosse would agree with me when I say the sport is in a much better place now than it was decades ago because of leaders, ambassadors, and competitors like Brody. His presence makes players around him want to give more. His tenacity and attention to detail are rare. His generosity and love for his family, teams, close relationships remain energizing and contagious. It's a privilege to learn from him, to call him a teammate and great friend, and to have him here today. Brody, I appreciate you joining me on here.
1: Thanks, Mark. That was, uh, I really appreciate you having me. It's um, humbling because um, I've listened to your first three podcasts and have taken so much from them and, uh, you know, um, just thinking about their accomplishments and, and the type of people they are and to be kind of. You know, thought of to be you know uh, on this podcast with you is again, it's humbling. So I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, uh, I'm trying to, and I, and I am. I've done a pretty good job on, on getting people that are are living at least with the pursuit of greatness in mind. It, that's exactly what this is all about. And um, it's sometimes uh, hard to hear um, such so strong compliments, but um, they're all true. And I, where I want to start off was um, saying that one element of excellence that all P performers have is, is awareness and and kind of this reflection on where they've been, uh, what they've been through, um, and, and where they are right now to help them get down the road. So my question to you is based on awareness, what are some things that have happened um, to make you um, that generous person off the floor but fierce competitor on the floor?
1: Um. Yeah, just before coming on here, just kind of reflecting on my own uh, past and, and uh, upbringing. I think it's kind of always where it starts, um, you know, with my family and uh, my parents, um, Peter and Patricia. Uh, you know, they um, both, both uh, former athletes, uh, both phys ed teachers. Uh, my dad kind of broke off from teaching and went into uh, private business. For a number of years and um, but I just think I, I, always, I grew up in a great family with great parents and, and uh, that kind of led by example and and so I was taking their cues and then um, of course my siblings uh, older brother Patrick and younger sister Tori who I'm very close with and have a pretty unique relationship with both of them and so they've been big influences on me as well so um and pro you know we'll touch on i'm sure it's just that journey through sport too it really has shaped me it's always been a part of my life since um uh, for as long as i can remember and so i think that's um you know I've had a big impact on on who i am as a person
0: absolutely and i think uh family for me is definitely something that's such a strong influence and As I've gotten older and and grown both um, in the sport and in life, I've searched to surround myself with even more positive influences. On my Mm -hmm. last podcast, Maria Nolan talks about surrounding yourself with that positive environment and how Mm -hmm. important it was to her success. I mean, I know a level of humility comes with that, but um, it's true, right? And you're, Mm -hmm. you're. you're half or probably less than half of the person that you are unless you have those kind of wind in your sails. Uh, you, you, you mentioned there um, sport being a big influence. Uh, was it always lacrosse for you or, or did you want to compete in a different arena? Uh,
1: no, well, it, look, lacrosse came on somewhat a, a little bit later for me. Uh, I'm originally from Montreal um, and uh, lacrosse was Kind of, you know, my parents are both being phys ed teachers. We always had lacrosse sticks in our garage, but we never really knew. There was nothing formal or organized. Um, we knew of the game. Uh, and then uh, we um, it was right around the time when uh, Quebec, there was a threat of Quebec separating from Canada. And so you saw kind of an exodus for a lot of Quebecers moving Um Moving from uh, Quebec at that time and and the economy was kind of a little bit uh, fragile I'd say and there's um, so we ended up um, moving to uh, Ontario and it was a random uh, it was a, it was a teammate that was on my brother's um, hockey team that he wasn't even really close to if we who weren't even close with the family uh, randomly picked a town called Orangeville and Orangeville uh, is uh, it has a, a really strong lacrosse community. It's very much a part of the fabric of the community so um, like most uh, like most athletes in Orangeville you're playing hockey in the winter and you're playing lacrosse in the summer and so uh, my first year uh, moving to, to Orangeville. I was around eight or nine years old and I um, I, I played that hockey season and then all my friends were playing lacrosse. That's when I was introduced to it. And I found it a little bit hard at at the beginning to kind of, you know, uh, learn how to, I I remember my first goal was from my my best friend uh, who we became really close with. Um, I was on a breakaway, and instead of throwing me the ball, he rolled me the ball because I couldn't catch it. <laughs> and that was one of my earliest memories of lacrosse. But I kind of struggled, you know, like it was a harder thing to pick up. And it was always something I didn't really take too seriously until I got into, you know, my teenage years and and started to pick up the game, play it more competitively. But it was always um, it was always something just to do in the in the summertime. It was a kind of a good crossover sport for hockey. <clears throat>
0: I love that, and I, I think there's there's so many questions I wanted to get to, and you, you fi- I find myself listening to you and you're talking about family and sport and uh, those influences in your life, and they're already coming up, all these questions I want to get to and I want to dive even deeper into. Uh, but three things that really uh, stuck out to me uh, being your teammate and learning from you um, are, one, your love for your family, which you brought up already. Um, two, your, your attention to detail, uh, which I think uh, – that if I was to give a word to it would be prehab rather than waiting for something bad to happen and it being rehab, but then also your care for your teammates, um, which is, it is rare, right? I, both on outdoor with chaos with you, um, and now indoor with the seals, you, you care so much about your relationships and your body and those around you. Um, is that also an influence from your, from your family or did, is that something that grew, um, throughout your years?
1: Yeah, that definitely grew throughout my years. Um, you know my my parents almost you know kind of joke with me at times just uh you know with how serious I can be in terms of training and nutrition and uh so that was um I think it's just through experience you know I've been fortunate to have a long career in the game and meeting different people and having different influences and and being kind of open-minded like I can think you know um one of my you know like I thought it was a really cool experience is being being in college going to Georgetown being around people that were really we um, really connected and were really similar in a lot of ways and one one uh, my roommates Nick Moritas, was really into nutrition and kind of the science behind it and and that's where I um, kind of developed a passion for that and um, but then you, you're learning it's I feel like your your career is a lot of trial and error right Absolutely. and um, so you go through some experiences whether you're, you're getting hurt or you know maybe your performance isn't where you want it to be or to your expectations and uh so it kind of pushes you to to uh, adapt and and uh improve in different areas and i've always enjoyed that challenge um of just trying to keep adapting and keep keep learning and growing um, and now it's kind of neat as with my kids of my own it it, uh, it makes it um even more cool because now I'm introducing them to the game and kind of living through their eyes a little bit with it and they're becoming fans so it's kind of it's coming full circle
0: yeah and it's also how your your role evolves right now you being a father you weren't when you first started the game and now i i find it interesting um because everybody has those teachers throughout life that know it, know the material really well but have a hard time delivering the message mm-hmm. right and t- you taking on a new role whether it's uh working your ranks up, way up in the ranks on your own team mm-hmm. or now being a father it's a whole different ball game trying to teach how to care for yourself and care for others it's um, so the question off that is, uh, it's, it's been something strong in my life that these major setbacks are what made me pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it was physical injury or somebody close to me getting hurt. Um, how do you go about delivering that message to your teammates? Is it something that you're more of a leader by example? Obviously I'd know more of the answer, but for those listening, um, or do you try to deliver the message on how to care for yourself and, and really... Um, verbally get it done
1: yeah I think it's um what what I love about being a part of the team and and relationship with teammates it's it's uh, often that energy you give off gets reciprocated and so you know like I, I'm not gonna um, it, as as people are kind of learning from me or or being influenced from me it's it's I'm learning from others around me I, I feel like even like i don't think age and experience agent experience has something to do with it but um i think it's just these these connections or you're watching you're aware of what what's making certain players successful in their own right and um yeah it is fun to just um but also maybe seeing yourself in others as well and trying to you know just uh help encourage um you know, I think more so than anything, for, especially for younger players, it's just getting them to feel like they belong and that they can be themselves. Right, you've always that. had
0: that respect for even the youngest guy in the team. It, it, that's, that's what makes it fun, though. But not everybody. Not every leader has that, you know. I, I think like you've never treated it like a, a, a rookie, right? Like that, that's somebody that you can't learn from,
1: right? Well, I, I think that really like those relationships with the younger players on the team really kind of uh, give me life and give me energy, and uh, so it's uh, I enjoy I, I enjoy those um, at times and and kind of being. You know, joking around, having fun, you know, and and kind of uh, you know being in tune with what they're going through as well. And, and and it's the sport. is kind of a great equalizer too. When you know, kind of when when that whistle blows, all that stuff kind of just goes away. Absolutely,
0: right? and it's a great transition. I. I always say from my my mentor, Doc Gilbert, he says the three most important words you can say to another individual are not, I love you, but tell me more. And that kind Mm -hmm. of curiosity is so important because um, you're listening. They have your full attention. Uh, I like to break that down into once you have the love for something or the passion for it. Uh, Your curiosity will see you through, right? Mm -hmm. And by you having a curiosity, you just said you find new life from the younger guys. And uh, it's amazing the byproducts that come from staying curious and willingness to learn. And then you said you you joke around and you have fun. You love that. But you flip the switch better than anybody I've ever seen, man. And and you kind of have this kindness and humility about you. But then Mm -hmm. when the lights are on and you're on the floor of field, how do you flip that? Or is that something you've had to work on?
1: Uh, I feel like that's, um, you know, for me it's, um, you know, whether it's playing hockey or other sports I've played, um, you know, even now with lacrosse, like I feel like lacrosse is one of those places where you could, you can kind of step on the floor and, and, uh, kind of be who you want to be. Right. And, um. It's uh, it's it's a pretty free feeling where you know you just just getting in tune with that, that you know your competitive nature and, and uh, you know just for that love for <laughs> of competition and playing the game um, that to me is is always really excites me yeah. you know it just and I know it, it does for you as well like I can see it uh, you know in the way that you in the way that you play you perform. the way you practice, you know, you kind of step on that field. It's a good feeling, you know, and you want to really be present in that. You want to, you want to um, take advantage of every, you know, every moment that you have playing the game.
0: And say you, you get off that you've been playing the game for so long, so many practices, so many games. Uh, What's a strategy that you use to get present? Uh, you say there's there's times you step on the field and, and you haven't flipped it the way you want to flip it. Maybe mm-hmm. it takes you to the first time you get jacked up or halftime, and you're like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. bro, come on, let's go." What do you do?
1: Yeah, it's funny because um, it's you know I don't have all the answers with it. I think I think routine is important. Um, I think having uh, you know kind of a routine that aligns with what your goals are. Um, but I feel like it, it can be somewhat random. Like I, will it, it's on my mind. Has been on my mind. So this past this past week, we we played in Colorado and I didn't feel that energy. You know, I didn't feel that. Some t- some games it comes easier than others, and then so you start to think: Was it the altitude? Was it the travel? Was it right. my sleep? Was it? It probably wasn't. You know, yeah. one thing, right? And so it's um, you're trying to be consistent with all those those little things. So that you can get yourself in a, in, in the right mindset. And uh, and then if you're not feeling it is trying to make a simple play to try to engage yourself, you know, and to um, whether it's going out making contact or, or just uh, one thing that uh, Paul Correa, famous hockey player would say is just move your feet, move your feet. You know, <laughs> and that's a little <laughs> trigger, right? Just, just start with something simple to get yourself engaged and, um, but I find sometimes it's maybe it's a way it's something a teammate says or you're you're, you're, you're picking up a vibe from a coach or a teammate or the situation in the game um, that could maybe draw out a little bit more emotional energy. Um, but um, I think when you you know I think if you want consistency in in your performance I think it goes back you know you, you kind of have to work back from that with all your details of preparation leading into a game.
0: Right, and I think uh, if you don't have that consistency with your preparation, then, then you're unable to make the sacrifice on the floor because what are you sacrificing your time away from? You don't really have something to, to, to really go further from because you didn't even start with square one. Uh, something mm-hmm. that I've learned and through my research right here with Kobe Bryant passing is, uh, he was one of those few athletes that, um, depending on his mood, Right? he knew what he needed over, over mm-hmm. the involvement of, of the game which I loved and um, my dad when he was a little boy he, he uh, remembers watching um, the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid mm-hmm. and the guy um, couldn't make a shot unless he was moving his feet so he said mm-hmm. can I move right? and then he could hit anything and um, something that goes along with that is if you're feeling down uh something you said about moving your feet is actions change your attitudes movements change your moods and motions change your emotions right Mm -hmm. so the chemicals the the reactions that are going in your body um when you start moving get get you going to the place you need to be and that stagnation i mean it's really um it's transversive to everything else in life right if you're not moving uh your mind your body your craft you're, you're staying or your or or your verse you're reversing and going the other way mm-hmm. um what type of things keep you going right keep yeah you going in the right direction
1: it's uh and we have kind of a mantra here with the seals is uh is you know little victories right and just um and, and that could be in this the smallest kind of um kind of humblest of details right is that you know, whether it's, um, you know, just some words of encouragement to a teammate or whether it's, um, you know, like grabbing some water to reset, you know, yes, like, yes. but there is, you know, and trying to make a play too. I find I, I get the most um, energy and adrenaline from making a play oh, for whatever reason. You would probably know more that the science behind that than I would, but like. Sometimes you're not feeling it, or you don't have the energy. Maybe you're feeling a little bit lethargic. You're not where you want to be, and then all of a sudden, the play finds you, and uh, you know maybe you have a breakaway, maybe you have a transition, um, maybe a, you know you, you have a, make some good contact, and then all of a sudden, it's this kind of rush of emotion that comes through right. you that's pretty powerful. Yep. So you're, I think you're kind of searching for those things, right? right? If you're uh, and some games it comes a little bit easier than others, but I think um, you know that that's what helps me kind of get that engagement where I need it to be.
0: Right. I think um, I'm always trying to be a sponge, right? Whether they're younger or they're older, and I still remember your first halftime speech that you gave um, to, to our chaos team. Um, we, were, we were down at half, but you, you said it's all connected. It's all connected, right, from the goalie on out to our attack, and it's true. So, somebody's going to make a play somewhere that somebody's going to feed off of, right? And uh, Shaktipat is the word that talks about the exchange of energy and that transfer mm-hmm. of energy, and it's real. Mm-hmm. And then I say that the most powerful thing um, in the world is momentum. Drew Brees has said that about a football game, mm-hmm. right? So right when you those inflection points those one two or three plays in a game can really get your team moving in the right direction it's
1: one of the kind of the epiphanies that i've found uh, later in my career is that and people ask how has the game changed and how like how how has your outlook changed over experience and i would say that that i've become much more aware of that connection and that energy uh, in the game because everything is connected you see it quite clearly now right when a player makes one of those plays that shows commitment sacrifice to the team um or just a hustle play a tough play that's another way to draw energy oh yeah right Or, or a smart play like i find when when somebody just makes a smart like a game iq play whether they're aware of the clock or they're um you know, our coach now, Josh Sanderson, who's kind of was legendary for his game IQ, when he would make a play that just, uh, it just gives you confidence, right? It just gives, it instills confidence. And, and maybe it's it, that comes down to trust, knowing that he he he's put so much into this, his preparation to know what to do in this situation, right? right? And so it's. That's a cool thing when you can lean on a teammate and trust what they're doing. And that, uh, again, like I talked about, it's reciprocated.
0: And, and it goes to show that he trusts the team, too, because sometimes, especially at a younger age, um, when you're come up, coming up the ranks at least, you feel like you need to be the one that makes the play. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the right play, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to make the right play and still lose, there's something to be said about that, right? Because yeah. it's still the right play and you, you were putting trust in the hands of your teammate or... Um, there's a lot to be said for the right play. You, you hear
1: that, that term a lot, right? Playing the game the right way and making the right play. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah, it's just these consistencies, right? Where um, in lacrosse um, repossessions, you know, an offensive player, when an attackman or an offensive player, um, you know, you would know, like when you're watching an attackman pick up a repossession, you take, you take a deep breath, right? Then it's like, and you, I, I wouldn't. You don't know the stat, but there's a lot, a lot of times goals are scored off of repossessions, yeah. right? Or watching you run through a double, yeah, <laughs> you know, clearing saying. the ball, digging in when you're tired. <clears throat> That's another example, right? Aaron
0: use <laughs> <Here's> your feet. <laughs>
1: yeah, but and, you know, but you're what you watch that as a teammate, and then it's just you you just see a teammate kind of raise the bar, right? And that, uh, that has an effect. It's uh,
0: my dad always loved when I gave a, a charge in basketball because it was a, probably a, a foul on their best player, but it's a huge momentum shifter, yeah. momentum. right? And that's, momentum. It, if you can seize momentum and take it to something, um, then then you're never going to be um, disappointed. How do you handle the losses? You know, you, you're a winner through and through, but how do you handle the losses?
1: I don't always uh, I don't always handle them well. I think that. Um you know, it, uh, it can. T- I, I, I like to try to detach a little bit, especially with a family. Um, but that, that can definitely bleed into, you know, my everyday life and can carry those things with me. I try to, uh, you know, have that time with reflection. I think that, um, uh, you know, looking at and taking a critical look at what you're doing, I think that's what losing does. It, you know, if you handle it that way, you can it's, it, uh, that sting, uh, that pain that comes from losing. Um, sometimes there's no other, there's, there's no substitute for that to get to force you to take a deeper look at yourself. And so, um, you know, so I, I think taking a deep breath, having some perspective, my coach, coach Yorick, who's a legendary lacrosse coach, one of the all time winningest coach in college lacrosse I was fortunate enough to play for him and he had great perspective and he would, he would always, um, uh, you know, uh, you're never as bad or good as you think you are. That was one of his lines that, that always sticks with me. Um, so he, he's always in the back of my mind too. He had a great way of, uh, of providing that perspective when, after a tough loss or, you know, and, and reminding us that lacrosse, we're, we're really passionate about lacrosse. It's a big part of all of our lives, but it's not the only thing, Right. you know, Absolutely. And, and let's, let's remember, remember kind of the, the bigger, broader picture. And that would, That would always—you'd always kind of leave the locker room thinking, yeah, that that hurt, but it it could always be worse, right? And uh, and so I definitely have his voice in my mind uh, to this day.
0: And if you choose growth uh, when you leave the locker room, I think you're always going to be satisfied. My like my year of getting recruited was uh, Coach Eurek's last, right? I Mm -hmm. I still uh, remember him and sitting in his office getting recruited by him and. what a a powerful presence right and you said never as good or as bad as you think you are and i think that's what the mental game is all about it's all about Mm -hmm. um dealing with the highs and the lows with not too much volatility Mm -hmm. um reading a book it takes what it takes uh, by peter moab who's the mental coach for russell wilson and many others Um, and he talks about how negative thinking always works um positive thinking doesn't always work but if you can Mm -hmm. stay neutral Right? And you can go into mm-hmm. a game prepared. Um, you're giving yourself the best chance um, to remain neutral throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, next play mentality remain neutral because you're never as good or as bad um, as you think you are.
1: And I think that's why that reflection time, and, and we, we go to a thing, you know, you, you evaluate, you debrief, you watch film. Like I, I find watching film after a game where I felt like uh, it always, I don't know if it, it's with you as well, but when I watch film, after I think I have a great game, I think I wasn't that good. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you start to see all the mistakes, yeah. and then, and then I, you know, you watch film almost like embarrassed, like oh, I don't want to see. It. And what you know, it wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's um, that's important. That's what reflection does. I think is kind of gets you back into that. All right, you know that that. Uh, Good to frame of mind, where um, again you're never as good or bad as you think you are. I
0: think it's a product of being a leader, though. If you're if you're not critical of your own actions much more than other people would be, um, then then you're really selling yourself short on becoming a leader. Because if you think um, everything you've you've done has been has been great, um, and you're not giving glory or um, the, the benefit of the doubt to other people, I think that has a lot to do with leadership. Uh, when you do look back and you reflect do all the years practices and games do they blend together or are you able pretty much to separate them
1: well it um, you definitely have some memorable uh, experiences they it um, you know not to be cliche but it really goes by quickly and uh, and so the you know but every every experience has a kind of a unique place right and um, you know, and and so it's been' I've been fortunate to have a lot of different, you know, playing in different teams and si- different cities um and uh you know, in, in the moment, those are you know, like, um I, when people ask like what well, what's your most memorable lacrosse moment? to me, it's right right where I am, <laughs> you know, like you you just you know like that's the most important. You know, like, and I'm sure there's there's going to be times where you, you look back and you're proud of different different things that you accomplished, but, um, you know, you, you're in the moment, you know, and I think that's what's great about sport.
0: Definitely, and uh, that is what peak performance is all about is being in the present moment because uh, there's anxiety that lives in the future and the stress brings on um, things from the past. But I, I think if you can be right where you are, um, but still appreciate it, right? Do you, mm-hmm. you still have? Uh, find the time to appreciate wins
1: yeah that that's that's uh and i still love practice too i love everything that goes into that and i love training and so um you know i don't take that for granted you know and when i find myself taking it for granted by not you know not putting my best foot forward then that's when i try to check myself right um, so i do love I, I love at its at its core i just love playing i love throwing the ball around i love you know' just uh, so it's uh, yeah I mean try not to take that for granted for sure
0: right I think there's a lot of things that can be, be taught um, like I I always get in a debate debate with my mentor whether uh energy is taught or caught right and i think mm-hmm. him and i come from the same perspective and that it is caught so that's why it goes back to what our original conversation was about with surrounding yourself with positivity mm-hmm. right because if you're under the impression that energy is always taught then um you'll be like well i didn't learn it and uh, i don't know i maybe i didn't have the right coach or something like yeah. that." or you can go search for it you yeah go, well
1: yeah, and yeah you're you're right on that and i didn't occur to me until you put it that way, but yeah, you're 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 watching your surroundings. You're you're you know like your your coach. your you know how he's how he's planned his practice. How we, you know your teammates how they're preparing, and um, you know like our, there's, everybody's kind of setting the temperature yeah. right around you.
0: Yeah, and I, I, it's it doesn't matter the realm, right? Our, our coach Ben uh, Navy Seal said that. Throughout his time, um, what he's learned is awareness too, right? We we were talking about awareness to start. We, we were talking about it now when I when I was listening to him. It doesn't matter what realm you are in, but if you take the time to become aware of where you are, like you were talking about, um, to check yourself and, and have an appreciation in the moment, I think that's really really uh, powerful. Three to five years from now, where do you see yourself? What are you doing?
1: Yeah. Um you know it's it's exciting for me because i think about you know my where my kids are and how they're growing and becoming their own you know young people and which is really which is really fun uh to to watch you know and and be a part of and and uh you know I, i i would the game is kind of uh is a part of me right so i'm the game is uh always gonna be a big part of my life and and uh you know, for me, I've spent obviously a lot of time pursuing my professional career. Uh, and when it, when it ends, um, it's gonna allow me to kind of take a deeper dive into, um, you know, my career, you know, at the Hill Academy. And, and um, you know, and, and so just, just having a good uh, balance kind of harmony with family life and, and work life at the Hill Academy and continuing to pursue that uh, it's one of the, the 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 cool things about playing professional lacrosse is that you're able to to build your career right and yeah. to, to yeah. kind of have your own life. Um, some some weeks I don't know if you feel the same where it's like um, you're you're almost in two different worlds. Yeah. You know, and and it feels really clear that way, especially when you're flying somewhere, right? And yeah. you, you just kind of step off the flight, and you're like, Whoa! Yeah, I'm I'm stepping into a whole uh, new environment, whoa. world here. And then um, you know when you fly home, it's like you know you know it's the, you're back into this other life, yeah. right? So um, I don't I think look I think long term we're hoping that lacrosse is going to become a full time thing Definitely. and and but I think for me and my experience in the game, it's been a really cool um, to have your work life and you know like your career kind of go in parallel with your playing career, yeah. and uh, so it, it will make that transition. From retirement, I think easier than yeah. than some athletes have to deal with, um, and so that's something that I'm excited for.
0: I was actually just having a conversation about these other pro sports like basketball, like football. Um, there's such a high rate of people that lose all their money, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and regardless of monetary um they just didn't they didn't they weren't building anything along the way and that's what lacrosse right now uh, is allowing uh, us to do if you were to fill a a suitcase or or your luggage if you will with intangibles that you've learned from the sport of lacrosse and bring them to the hill academy and Mm -hmm. to your next venture what are some things you're putting in that suitcase
1: um there's so there's so much there i think that um you know like sport and lacrosse has been like a support system and i think that's probably why people have trouble when they do retire and move on because you know i found that coming from college where you have that support system you have that routine um and for me like it's um i think trying to uh and i, I talked to a lot of young players about this too is is trying to take what makes you successful in the game and and try to bring those to other aspects of your life. Right. And it's, it's not rocket science. It's, uh, it's in the details, man. It's in the details. It's, uh, um, you get what you put in, right. You know, that's, there's no clearer example of that than sport. You're going to get what you put in. And, um, and so, you know, how you treat others working within a team, that whole dynamic, um, you know, Uh, applies to anything
0: yeah i I couldn't agree more you know i'm just sitting here nodding the entire time you say that i think um something that's made me successful uh in sport is is knowing my role you know and doing what i do best and Mm -hmm. not trying to play outside the role i know uh, i break it down into um abcs like my mental coach brian kane gave me to me uh In college you just said there's three things you need to do every game a b and c and and then the more you try to extend that alphabet you'll get lost right and Mm -hmm. you'll get away from your role and you're going to do something um, that's not necessarily a strength right and that's where you want to stay within Mm -hmm. your strengths so um, a lot of my ABCs surround um, loose balls those are things that I can always go after Mm -hmm. the, by C is is always uh, hustle play, right? Because I want to be um, a dog on the field. I want people on the other team to be like, who did we just play against? And mm-hmm. then A is communication and what you said, how I treat my teammates and that that vibe and the energy that, I'm, that I have with them. So mm-hmm. it starts with the communication with me. Um, there's always a ball to be had um, with B, uh, and then C is um, go, going to, to to leave an impact there. And, and, and like uh, I love how. Jordan or Iverson said it, where they said, I'm playing for that one kid in the top bleachers who hasn't seen the game of basketball mm-hmm. before. And I love that. I love that. It's cool. Yeah, um,
1: it's cool to think of it that way. Definitely. Um, Here's the question that goes along
0: with that mm-hmm. is uh, our character coach um, a few years ago, Adam Silva, says that uh, the definition of a man is made up of character, relationships, cause greater than self. You wouldn't still be pre- preparing, training, competing the way and the level you are um, if you didn't do it for a college. Greater than yourself. is that true? Or
1: yeah, I, I mean, I kind of ask myself that now too, right? Because you, I, I look around, you know, in professional cross, you know, there's, um, it's a young younger man's <laughs> game, right? And so I, I you know, what what's kind of driving me, and and um, I think at the core of it really is just a love to play and it's it's um you know my dad actually before this season um it kind of put things into perspective we were just having a casual conversation about things unrelated to lacrosse and he just kind of he's like you know you're you're back for another you're back for another year like aren't aren't you lucky aren't you lucky to play you know and i I, that's kind of been sticking with me um this year is that you know i just i'm just fortunate feel fortunate to be able to play to play the game that i love and and um you know kind of uh don't want to take that for granted
0: uh borrowed time is i think the, the yeah. term that you use with me uh, how do you stay in the present moment as your past Uh, road becomes uh, longer and you have so much to think about in the future with your kids and your family and all how do you stay in the present moment because it's very hard to do for an athlete that hasn't been playing the game and doesn't have as long of a past so how do you find yourself staying in the present
1: yeah I think it's um, lacrosse gives me a good um, uh, you know it's right at it's roots it's it's a medicine game and to me that it gives me a good uh, it gives me a great release a great balance a great outlet um you know lacrosse also you know in order to play at this level you need to have a routine a pretty you know you need to have a healthy lifestyle a healthy routine and so um that's been you know that's been a you know a great a great byproduct of being able to play lacrosse is that yeah it's it's a, it influenced my you know my lifestyle in, in a lot of positive ways um
0: i <laughs> You use the term routine a lot in this conversation, and it's so true for me. But I feel like I get like physically sick if I'm outside of my routine for yeah. too long. Is that something you feel too? Yeah,
1: I think you got to be somewhat careful with it too, because um, like especially life, sport. There's a little bit of uh, you know unpredictable things happen, right? Sure. That don't make sense or things that are unpredictable, and so just having given yourself. Um, you know, reminding you, you know, that, yeah, it's routines good, structures good in your preparation, but you know, uh, it's that Mike Tyson quote, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he has a Everybody has a plan until you get <laughs> exactly. You <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's I think it's just more like a uh, a bit of a it helps com- my confidence, you know, and knowing that hey, I've got. it. Got a good plan, a good structure in place, and then you can play. It allows you uh, to play a little bit more free.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, the game has taken you all throughout America, uh, North America, um, overseas. Um, you've been a world champion. How do you handle the travel? What tips would you give for an aspiring pro or young young pro in the league on how to handle himself on the road or it's, herself on the road? Yeah,
1: it's funny because uh, – i'm feeling it right now i just took a five and a half hour flight from yeah. toronto and yeah. just got off the flight about an hour ago and uh and i felt that actually it's it's fresh on my mind because we played colorado last last week and as i said it wasn't feeling it and 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 so for me it's it's um that's a big part of it you you have your your strength and condition you have the mental side of it you obviously have all the the technical aspects of the game, but for me, travel is another big piece of it, right? Is learning how to, you know, to you know, for me, it's I drink a ton of water, you know, um, and that actually forces me to get up and move on flights. And uh, you know, I try to move, uh, you know, three or four times on a flight. Get up and I'm that weird guy in the back that's stretching on the back of a flight, getting those those uh, you know bugging the flight attendants. Um, <laughs> They're annoying them but um and then just trying to uh you know eat, eat as like, clean as i can and and um you know get you get a good night's rest but uh, again you you want to control what you can control right, right. in that in that process and, and then some things you can't control and so not not uh, letting that affect you too much either
0: yeah I mean there's so many uncertainties that come with the travel that you cannot even um, yeah. plan for but you can control having a bunch of bottles of water and all that And yeah. I don't think I need to search very far or probe very far when I say like how important is the mental game to you
1: yeah I think it's um, well now it's 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 such an, uh, a realm that's growing and is becoming more prevalent and uh, you know like I think it's um, I, I probably first learned of it when we had a, a sports psychologist come to the, the hill, a, a guy by the name of Dr. Halloway, Wayne Hallowell. Sorry, excuse me, Dr. D- Wayne Hallowell. He's worked with Olympic athletes, Canadian national teams, um, and he, he gave us all these little tools like uh, you don't have to be here, you get to be here. You know, And so, it's something as little as that, Man, that can just change your whole perspective. It really, it really does. You know, and and uh, another saying, you know, you know, anytime you're pointing the finger, you you have three point fingers pointing right back <laughs> at you. You know, the, so uh, that was probably about ten years ago, and and I'm sure, like in sport, you have that, you have all the, you know, I, I think a lot of your coaches, without being even aware of it, are have our mental coaches, and a, a lot of your coaches, it's it's predominantly psychology, anyways, Absolutely. right? Um and so but I think it's yeah it's become much clearer to me now and I think if you're not uh focused on that and you're not constantly trying to improve in that area you're you're going to be left behind. It's true. Because now the the high performers like yourself and the, the high performers that uh, were around right? you know they're all doing it. Yeah. You know, they're all doing it in their own way, Absolutely. right? And so um you know, even got, you know guys like LeBron James and, and Sidney Crosby, and these guys are really in tune with that.
0: Right, and success leaves clues. So, I mean, I, I spend most of my days or invest most of my time. Um, what strategies is that person using, right, that to help elevate my game or, or elevate um, my client's game? Uh, the tool um, that you just talked about, you don't have to be here. You get to be here. Um, I talk about it with my mentor. Uh, there's this long road of discipline before you cross this magical bridge of desire and you mm-hmm. don't um, got to do something, you get to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about the importance of love, all uh, love in the game. When did that discipline turn to desire for you? When did it, when did it become easier um, because you didn't have to do it? Um, mm-hmm. you had the, it's more of an opportunity for you to seize
1: it was a big uh, kind of turning point. Cause I, as I mentioned, I was kind of going with hockey and lacrosse in parallel and, and hockey was really kind of my first love. Um, and, um, but I, I, got to a point where, and I kind of pushed it as far as I could, you know, kind of making that decision, uh, what sport to pursue in, in college and kind of had opportunities in both. And for me, it was just, I picture myself what do I like to enjoy to do every day and it it came through some growing pains with it like growing up I was always kind of middle of the pack and a real late bloomer physically and uh went from a a point guard to a center like uh, or forward kind of right overnight uh (laughs) over the summer over one summer like my bones were hurt I went from you know um when I was a younger, uh, like in elementary being really fast and and then going through those growing pains of not making my grade eight elementary school track team. And, uh, and so I went, that was really tough for me to go through because you see all these other people around you growing at a faster rate. And, uh, so that was a key time for me just kind of sticking with it. And, uh, I always like to describe it as that scene in Forrest Gump where the, the stilts kind of come <laughs> off his legs and I could finally start to run again and feel it.
0: A lot of great imagery that comes from that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I honestly felt that. It's probably 16, 17 years old. And I felt like, yeah, I can, I can, this is, it feels, if it, you know, like um, you kind of go through those growing pains kind of literally and figuratively. And then. You break through it, and then all of a sudden, you're, um, you know, you're kind of hitting your stride. Definitely. You know, so yeah. that was at that time.
0: It's something that, that made me think of is I was talking to Doctor Horn in in, in the state of New Jersey. Uh, he does he's like a lead authority on skill development and breaking life up into uh, play, practice, and deliberate practice. And uh, the example you used was uh, in real sports with Brian Gumble, I believe his name is on HBO Sports. Uh, in 2018, Norway uh, was a, uh, up there with. I think they had the lead medal count in the Olympics, and they're the size of Minnesota, right? They're mm-hmm. going against mm-hmm. the USAs, the Russias, the mm-hmm. Chinas, and what's going on? So they do a deep dive and goes and talks to the athletic director of the Olympic team of of Norway. Um, and no cracked eggs is is the term that came up. And well, what does that mean? And it's, um, especially here in America, we. we, we like the reason this came up is because you're a late bloomer, right? Mm -hmm. Could you imagine somebody saying to you at um, up until nine years of age where you should just be playing a sport, no objective, right? Um, Here's a ball, just play with it. Um, I think we give objectives too soon, especially here in America. Uh, And then from 9 to 12, 13, that's where practice comes involved. And the objective is to score over there or over here. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you start teaching the deliberate technique of scoring top corner or scoring here or there another Mm -hmm. way. Um, at around 15, 16, 17. And the amazing part of that example is, here in America, we're just starting to have sports betting. In Norway, they've had sports betting for five or six years. It's run by the government, and uh, over two-thirds of the revenue is being put back into sport. And then over two-thirds of those medal count winners of Norway, late bloomers. Now imagine Hmm. if those athletes, that once they turned 15, they were given the choice to go into Olympic development Um, had already quit the sport now wouldn't that be sad or Mm -hmm. Norway wouldn't be as successful Mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said about that you know Um, and that's why this is just like it gives me goosebumps um, listening to the fact that uh, you're a late bloomer coming in overnight physically your bones are growing and all that stuff and you breaking out um, Mm -hmm. of your cages Life Force Gump Mm -hmm. imagine just imagine if somebody shot you down too soon and um, pushed you out of the sport too early and there was
1: definitely those times because you you know when you're not experienced success at that level right when you're growing up at that those those stages you know you're like is this for me right? you know it's a, it could be uh kind of a you know a, a bit of a crossroads at that time in that stage and so um you're just sticking with it and um you know and and Having some good people around you that believe in you and that encourage you, encourage you to kind of play the long game. Right. Um, but it, it's when a when a lot of when a lot of young athletes, teenage athletes, feel like it's ending, it's just beginning. <sighs> it's just it's beginning. It's just beginning. And right. it's uh, um, so yeah, I see that a lot. And, uh, and, and, and and through that whole process, you become more well-equipped. You, you become a little bit mentally tougher, yeah. you, you know, like you um, maybe appreciate it a little bit more. Maybe you have that little bit of that chip on your shoulder, Definitely. right? I feel like a lot of players at this, uh, at this level uh, have a chip. We're kind of underrated yeah. at some point, you know, like yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, just spend a few days with Scott Ratliff, you know, one of the top players in the game. You know, And, and to me, he, I remember watching him at Loyola. He just stood out as one of the most unique players, just the way he played, and, and then seeing that he's from Georgia. And then <laughs> I'm like, Georgia? Georgia. Man. And I'm like, no, it's not exactly a lacrosse hotbed. Right. And then you t- start to ask him, you know, I, you know, he still remembers the coach that didn't, didn't recruit him oh, at Maryland, sure. right? Like you got this kind of ch- underdog Huge. chip on your shoulder. And I think it's, I see that a lot with, with the higher level uh, athletes and performers
0: what happens when you lose that edge you know I, I'm under the belief that if you're not 100% invested and you lose that edge down to 99% you're going to lose to somebody that mm-hmm. um, is ready and is coming right yeah. and, and, and is putting in the preparation and uh, going back to Kobe he said he would do anything to find fire Right Mm -hmm. to throw it in, right? Because uh, a blazing flame makes fire of it all. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But um, you almost have to, as you get further down the road, like you talked about earlier, with the young guns um, making you uh, more alive. You Mm -hmm. you use that. Throw anything in that fire, right? Keep it going.
1: You're you're kind of creating like. I know for I don't know if you do it as well I, I do it at times but you're kind of creating a bit of a narrative before every competition you know whether it's the, the coach that cut you or it's the you know whether it's the you know the player on the opposite team that, that said something that you, that you sure. didn't like you kind of sure. you know I I you know I, that could be a, a pretty powerful thing too Definitely. you know and I think that um, you know so whether that's you know, I, whether that's manufactured or not, I think sometimes creating that narrative for in your own mind that people are doubting you, people, you know, people don't believe in you, right. proving people wrong right. is right. kind of a has is, is always been. I think, a a powerful motivating factor.
0: Well, if you feel like you arrived somewhere, then then you're done, right? You can can hang them up. And I think if you start uh, not only writing down your goals, but you make goals with others in mind, as I've talked about many times before, and you're not making this goal just for me in Mm -hmm. my own silo because of, to make myself proud? No. Do it to make your parents proud. Do it to make your family proud. To the your close friends who weren't given the same opportunity for you yeah. as you were. You know, because mm-hmm. at somewhere along the line, and mo- usually multiple times, you got lucky. You yeah. know, you didn't. Not everything was just. You know, I. How many times? and I think we were talking about it last week. You, you, we see all these amazing athletes just having a really career-ending injury. You know, yeah. that's why you can't lose your gratitude for it. Because oh, if right, you think this is sense. just you. Yeah.
1: You think it's just you? And and reminded myself like yeah, reminded myself of of that growing up thinking, man, I would never believe that I would be playing at this level or as long as I have, and uh, so don't you know, yeah, don't don't forget that.
0: Are there any mottos, slogans, quotes that come to mind that you live by that you play
1: by? Um, this is another Doctor Hallowell one is. and pretty consistent with kind of what I've been saying is daily decisions determine destiny. Um, so that's you know, again, it's 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 about today, it's about these little moments, it's about these little opportunities, these this kind of incremental improvement. Um that's that's one that that, that comes to mind. I think you know, for me preparation breeds confidence is another one that I've always uh held on to is um because you know, it's, I just found the more the work that I, it's such a, you know, a real thing, the more work that I put in, the more preparation, that's where I feel like I've always gotten gotten my edge, you know, and, and the, as a teenager where I wasn't that confident, that's where I really went to, you know, is, is putting in more work than others, you know, and then that gave me a lot of confidence. Sure. That gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. And uh, so... That's when you hear young athletes when they're struggling with confidence. You know, you hear that a lot. I'm sure you work with a lot of young athletes that are, that's a word they'll bring up. Um, You know, go back to the work. Go back to the the, the preparation. And uh, it's no different than a test, you know, in high school or in in college where you're, you put the work in, you're almost, you're almost skipping into the. You're
0: skipping into it. It's true. It's true. You know,
1: but when you don't, you got that pit in your stomach. Oh, what's stomach. what's gonna be, you know, what's gonna be on this test, right? right. And so, um, that that's that's kind of stuck with me. I'm at, yeah, I always feel like I'm at my most confident when I'm I put the work in.
0: Well, that's um, this is Doctor Mullinroo term, self-efficacy, right? And he's a believer not in confidence, but of self-efficacy, efficacy, which is proof mm-hmm. of skill. Did you put mm-hmm. the work in or not, mm-hmm. right? Because that'll the, show up when the pressure arises. You don't mm-hmm. rise to the occasion. You, you sink to your levels of training. Mm-hmm. And you've either been there or you haven't been there before. And that mm-hmm. pit of the stomach will be there. Or you can focus on the task at hand, mm-hmm. self-efficacy. And that's why uh, I'm I'm steering further and further away from the word uh, confidence. Just because belief belief in yourself can only take you so far if you didn't put the work in. Mm-hmm. right? Uh, when hearing you say preparation breeds confidence, preparation breeds self-efficacy. Yeah, right? I like right?
1: that. And, I like and, that a lot. And, uh, yeah. Um,
0: it's mean, something that I love when you're saying like you'll be skipping if you put the work in. Uh, amazing term that goes right in line with daily decisions to determine destiny is hunger, bullies, and convenience, right? So if mm-hmm. you can find uh, within yourself to put the work in today, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about grasping at straws in the future. Because mm-hmm. the present moment, what work you've done now, will lead to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, little tangent into that that. Um, realm, uh, sleep, recovery, nutrition, uh, nutrition, what strategies or routines do you have in those areas?
1: Uh, eat real food, uh, mostly plants. It's a Michael Pullian quote. Um, you know, I, I, think that's, um, especially with a family and, uh, trying to, you know, when I'm with them, I'm, I'm with them and I'm, i I want to be present with them. And, um, you know, so I have these little windows, you know, for training, right? And sometimes, uh, um, you know, when you have three kids, we had, you know, uh, eight-year-old daughter and, and twin boys that are five. Especially in their newborn stage, you know, we, we talk a lot about routine. I was just gonna
0: say that word. I would throw that, that
1: routine right out the window, right? <laughs> That's Mike Tyson getting punched in the in the jaw. You feel like you're traveling <laughs> even though you're at home.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah,
1: exactly. And and sleep especially, right? But um, yeah, you just you just for me it's it's trying to be you wake up at the same at the same time every morning um, to to try to you know get that eight hours of sleep and uh, I I try to simplify. I, I try to simplify and. and to me, it's when training. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you. It was like uh, I think I heard the, the New Zealand All Blacks uh, strength and conditioning coach talk about. You know, they're asking about his, his training methods and his philosophy, and he said it's it's less about uh, you know kind of the the nuts and bolts. It's more about doing it, you know, and doing it every day. You know, it's and it doesn't necessarily need to be like my workouts aren't two hours long. You know, it's, it's an hour, a full hour of, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have that support system at the Hill Academy where uh, my brother-in-law, Drazen Glissick, um, you know, is my trainer. And we're, you know, we obviously have a close personal relationship too, but when I'm with them, we're on, oh, you know, man. we're on and it's, and it's purposeful. It's, there's no wasted time. Um, there's no checking your phone. I might be checking my phone for my wife a couple of missed calls, <laughs> like, Hey, you know, why it's sick and he, you know, or things that come up. But, uh, and so just making good use of your time and, and trying to, um, everything matters. Everything matters. Definitely. That's something I remind myself is that everything matters is, is the sleep, you know, your, your, breakfast, what you put into your body. And so it's, it's a collection of all those little things. And
0: anybody, anybody, Anybody can have that energy when the lights are on, right? Anybody can have Mm -hmm. that energy when the lights are on. You and I, I love the word during, right? What are you doing during, right, throughout your days, right? Because um, peak performers work in short bouts of intensity, right? They don't work. They don't drain themselves all throughout the day and get little sleep and and try to fit everything in, right? There's that uh, four-quadrant urgency importance table, which is is it urgent right i'm sure you would stop the workout if it was really yeah. really urgent right yeah. but it's important but you have to deal with it right now right yeah. and that's something that's like uh i've always kind of lived by ever since i heard it and uh something i have developed on my own and i've shared with all my friends and family is the med method med which is mission environment uh discipline and i've, I've found it to be at least Over ninety percent of the pie. Right Right when you Mm -hmm. create um, a vision for who you want to be, and then you surround yourself with that environment, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. the nuts and bolts don't really matter. It's the discipline of doing it. Yeah, it really is the discipline. And that's hard.
1: It's uh, you know, like I I actually saw it. I think you posted it, and it was it was a Coach York line that was one of our philosophies and mantras at at Georgetown. Is a pain of discipline versus a pain of regret. And that's something that's really stuck with me. And we've all felt that. We've all felt that, right? And that, that uh, you know, what's worse? What's worse? So when you're when you're not feeling it, you know, with when in terms of you know getting your, your workout in, you get remo- what's what's worse? Yeah. You know, because uh, we you know in in our in our world where we're, there's a game once a week, you know, you're building for that two hours every week. If you skip a step in that you know you're probably gonna feel that no oh, definitely you know and what what's that, that feeling is going to be a lot worse than the pain of discipline to do it right. you know to to just do it and get sure. the work in. and it.
0: what we talked about earlier that pain of discipline you can use uh the pain of past losses or whatever it may, building your own narrative yeah. use that while yeah, you're building the for pain sure. of discipline right so you don't have the pain of regret yeah. right it's it's easy to understand what pain of discipline means but how to do it is is finding any reason right mm. build that narrative for yourself
1: or you got you you went through it with your injury you know in, in in high school and and i've had various injuries where if i've got a healthy day if i've got a healthy day take advantage of it you know that's for a young athlete take advantage of that healthy day right. because um injuries have a way of doing that right they have a, a way of just um perspective giving you perspective and making you wow I, I maybe i was taking that practice when i was like him and ha and going to practice Man, when you're hurt and you can't practice you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a good it's a good reminder when you're when you're not feeling it yeah. right it's a good reminder that, you know if you've gone through a tough stretch uh where you haven't been able to play where the game's been taken away from you yeah um it's a good reminder.
0: Uh, Robin Sherma uses these four sets rather than just looking mindset because a positive mindset will only take you so far. What's your health set, heart set, and soul set look, at, look like? So your health set is are you injured or are you not? Right. Because if you have a positive mindset, but you're fully injured, you can't really do much. Yeah. But then your heart set, what are your, your relationships look like your, your environment, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's really, really hard if your heart's aching and you need to deal with somebody you truly love to go do some other Mm -hmm. task, Right. And then your soul set deals with your pride and ego. Mm -hmm. Can you have the humility, um, to be like, I know I'm number one, but I'm still going to work like number two, Mm -hmm. right? Because that soul set. Uh, if you don't pay attention to it, and you think that eating the right eating the right meals, and I'm uh, having the right sleep and recovery, and and then you are fully healthy and you have a positive mindset. But if you're you're too big for your bridges mentally, and mm-hmm. uh, you feel like you're bigger than somebody else, you can get cut down so easily. So that's why it's important to have conviction, definitely, mm-hmm. but stay humble. You know, mm-hmm. have a humble heart because if mm-hmm. you can have the all four of those sets in order sky's the limit, really. Yeah. Uh, I wanna ask you, you're such a great lacrosse player, bro. great teammate, a great person, a great friend.
1: From your perspective, how do you define greatness? Um, that's, uh, you know, like, I think it's, it's, um, you know, it takes time. You know, I, I think there's no substitute uh, for time there. It takes, um it takes a, you know going through a lot of different forms of adversity it uh and overcoming those um it takes uh i, I think there's 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 definitely no shortcut to it it, it it's um when i think of greatness and, and seeing greatness around me and being a part of you know being around people that are great it's it's in the discipline of you know uh not not days not weeks not months years you know of consistency right and i um so a player that i i coached at the hill academy jeff teat who we've talked about is he's still young in his career and i you know and and still finding his way but there's he's on his way to greatness because i can just see that in him you know that that uh um you know going through those tougher moments that you know not being afraid to work over time Mm -hmm. is uh that's where you hit those breakthroughs man that's where you hit those breakthroughs it takes it takes time and and that consistency and and that's um that's where the greatness comes and so
0: yeah i think uh it's funny uh, on your iphone you can share your current location with somebody i would Mm -hmm. love to just share the trajectory or share the vision of somebody right because that's really what greatness is about it's uh uh, it takes years of consistent training to become an Mm -hmm. overnight success and uh, i couldn't agree more with you and
1: and, it's uh, in the darkness man it really is It it can be a lot of it's in the darkness and a lot of it's uh a lot of it's filled with doubt a lot of it's filled with you know that journey to get there it comes from you know those those um i was trying to catch all of it but those three kind of areas where you know where you have your 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 personal life your your um you know like mental emotional physical um you know kind of having all of those aligned is really hard to do really hard right idea. so absolutely um
0: and uh man as uh as incredible as your past has been, and it's so awesome um, being with you presently I'm excited for your future you know aren't you you got to be
1: yeah it's I appreciate that man I think it's um uh, you know it's the future is um you know I, when I think of the future, I always just go to my kids and that's really exciting <laughs> yeah. you know and and uh, that's what it's all about so yeah and it's I've been fortunate to, you know i the the one we we talked about this um uh, last week is you know my um my best friend uh, Kyle Miller growing up is uh you know you had your podcast with um Anka yes um you know when you have these kind of connections with people right Kyle was a guy that I connected with at a very young age it's like wow I I just moved in from a new town mm-hmm. we're so similar mm-hmm. right and uh and he um you know he passed away uh at a young age right and uh um, had so much life ahead of him and so um when i say that i'm on borrowed time you know i kind of think about that right is that um you know the the future is not promised right and so just trying to to enjoy every day man i i and i say that's what my kids have really done is that when i'm with them man you just it's, all it is. it's amazing, man, yeah. and that's, just,
0: just, that's why I named this podcast not just full of greatness; it's grateful too. Yeah. you know, and you gotta be, and yeah. and you're, you're you're grateful for friends like that, and mm-hmm. for the kids they have, and and for the future. Well, bro, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, really man. It's that. uh,
1: you know, the one thing I would say with with all this is that you know you because you see a lot of it out there. You, you'll see different things and posts, and you read different articles. But what I've enjoyed about our relationship is being able to like to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's and to digest things together, and 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 that's what's been cool about the game is getting to meet people like you, right? That uh, and it's it sticks and it starts to resonate when you uh, um, when you talk about it and you Mm -hmm. digest it and go through it, and uh, so that's been that's been uh, not just from your podcast, but just having our interactions. uh, Uh, every weekend when we see each other we learn so much
0: appreciate it because it's not about um, you are what you think about most of the time but maybe it's you are what you talk about most of the time too
1: true